That video you're seeing, you're probably going to get sick of it because we'll play it throughout this new series that we're starting. Um, we're starting a new series um, entitled Sower. And Jesus told parables, and the parables that we're going to look at today um, all are about how the kingdom of God works. How the kingdom of God works. And I'm just going to warn you up front. If, if, you don't, if you do not love the Word of God, if you're not a student of the Word of God, there will be a chance for you to be offended as we go through these, these teachings. And my hope is that you would not be offended, but you would be come to a knowledge, come to a revelation of the importance of the Word of God in your life of the Word of God in your life. And in Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 2, it says, Then he, speaking of Jesus, then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold. Maybe if you have a King James Version, this is the New King James Version. Maybe, you know, he says stuff like truly, truly, or verily, verily. And basically he's saying, listen up. This is a truth. It's a big deal. I'm telling the truth here, so you better better pay attention and get this. And if Jesus has to say this, the Son of God that's never lied has to say, listen up. I'm telling you something big. It's the truth. Pay attention. I think we we should pay attention to it. He says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he's talking about he that has ears to hear, let him hear, he's not talking about these physical ears on the outside of your skull. He's, t- he's talking about inner ears, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, those that are seeking God, seeking truth. And what, did, what does the Bible say? It says, when you seek God, you will find, you'll, you'll find him. He will be found. And so Jesus told these parables. Jesus taught 10 parables on this day. This is one of the, 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 the longest um, records of him preaching in a, in a single day. He told 10 separate parables on the same day. He told the parable of the sower. He told the parable of the tares among the wheat. He told the parable of the light under a bushel. Hmm. I got something for you. You know, um, religion really pushes, when I talk about religion, I talk about man-made things, really pushes trying to be humble and not letting God bring manifest in your life and glory and, and talk about God's provision, his healing, what he's doing in your life. I mean, just, you know, it's that, it's that thing where we try to tamper down the abundant life in Christ. Religion tries to do that. 
But that very, that very parable of a light under a bushel, Jesus says you're not supposed to be hiding what God's doing in your life. You should be bragging on what God's doing in your life. You should be bragging all, all the time about what God is doing in your life. I mean, a few weeks ago, I shared a, a huge blessing that God done for, for me and my other job while I was on vacation. And there is a tendency in me not to share that because of I don't want people to get jealous or think, think something negative about me or have envy or something like that. But that's hiding what God is doing in my life from the world. And God is not a respecter of a person. I'm not special. Jesus is special. And we're all special because of Jesus. And if he'll do it in my life, he'll do it in your life. See, it's not about works. It's not about what you do to get God to move. God has already moved. 2,000 years ago at the cross, God moved for humanity. All we do now is appropriate by faith, live as if it was true. Live as it's true. So anyways, let's see if we can get through the rest of these. So we're not supposed to hide what God's doing in our life under a bushel. Um, he, the parable of the seed, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the leaven, the parable of the treasure in the field, parable of a pearl of great price, parable of the net full of fishes, and the parable of the scribe. And all these par- parables were about the kingdom of God. So um, through this teaching, we're going to focus on the seed parables. And we're going to jump back and forth from d- different gospels so we can get different pictures of these parables and get a full understanding um, but if you want to go and read these um, on your own, I, I highly encourage it. If you want to know how the kingdom of God works, seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to enlighten you to revelation of what these parables, what these parables are about. Mark only recorded four of these parables. Matthew recorded eight of them, and Luke recorded only two. Um, and we're going to be focusing on the seed parables in this particular series that we're going to, be, going to do. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is like a man scattering seed on the ground. So he's saying that the kingdom of God works like seed. It works like seed. So what is the seed of the kingdom of God? Well, we don't have to guess. We don't have to make something up. Jesus, Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 4, verse 14, the sower sows the word. So what is the seed that's being sowed into the ground? The word. So the kingdom of God works by what? The word, right? And if the kingdom of God works by the word, it only works when it's sown. The seed is the word of God, and it's the foundation of everything in the kingdom of God. It's the foundation of everything. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, we're going to think. This is a teaching. I'm not preaching at you today. We're teaching. Um, I'm going to make you think. Um, so if a seed is the word of God, what word of God? 
Can I just pick up anything in this Bible and say it's the word, word of God? I mean, I can turn to one scripture and it says that Judas went and hung himself. And then I can turn to another scripture and find where Jesus says, go and do likewise. For instance, you can turn and find where it says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Is that the word that we are supposed to be sowing? You can find where it says you're not supposed to eat pork. You're supposed to, you can find that you're supposed to wear a certain kind of clothing to minister in the, in the temple, in, the, in God's house. Is that the word of God that we're supposed to be sowing? No, because, because Paul clearly says that the Sabbaths were just a shadow of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament wasn't written to you. It was written to who? The Jews. And if you're not Jewish, it wasn't written to you. Does that mean that we shouldn't use the Old Testament? No, because it's all shadows of Jesus. You should read the Old Testament looking for Jesus. What does this Old Testament um, shadow say about this New Testament reality as a born-again believer? Right? All the Bible is the Word of God. It's inspired. It's the Word of God. Okay? But not all the Bible is equal. All the Word of God is good, but not all the Word of God is good for you. For instance, the law in the New Testament says that that the law empowers sin. And the law is not of faith, the Bible says. And, and if the law empowers sin, and the law is not of faith, and the just shall live by faith, us going back and trying to keep the law to obtain righteousness will lead to death, discouragement, and heartache. But if you use the law to get you to a place of hopelessness, and see your need for Jesus, who is our righteousness, then you're using it correctly. It says that the law is not for a righteous man, but for an unrighteous man. Question, are you righteous? You're righteous, not because of what you've done, but what have Jesus has done. So the law is not for you. Once you become righteous through Christ Jesus, you have no need for the law. Now, is the law evil? Is the law bad? No. But it doesn't give us any power to be good. The Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit in relationship with Jesus and walking in the new man and the renewing of our mind causes us to be more and more like Jesus, which your spirit already is exactly like. Right? Because you're a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and your um, conscience, and you live in a body. When you're born again, your spirit is recreated, the Bible says, just like Jesus And now we have to appropriate what God has done through grace, through Jesus, in our spirit, and renew our minds and our emotions and all all of that to act accordingly. That's good. Some Some of the Bible wasn't even written to the church. Some things weren't even written to the church. Does that mean that we just throw them out? No, you don't throw them out. But you have to interpret the Bible through the new covenant of grace through Jesus Christ. You have to do that or you will get so confused. 
or you become religious. So what is the word that is to be sown? Let's see what John had to say. In John chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father that is full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So what is the word that is the foundation of the kingdom of God? Jesus Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word. He's the written Word. He is all of the Word. So if you are going to sow into your life and it's not giving you a revelation of Jesus Christ, it's not giving you a revelation of what Jesus Christ has done for you, as you, and who you are in Christ Jesus, you're sowing bad seed. You're sowing bad seed. The whole Bible funnels. It starts out in Genesis and it's wide and it just funnels down, 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 down into a laser focus onto Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the seed of the kingdom. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And he said, The kingdom of God as is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So the seed is Jesus. The revelation of, of redemption and our inheritance in Christ Jesus. The authority above all principalities and powers. It's all about Jesus. He's the seed. He's, the, he's what's to be sown. And we're going to see in a little bit that he was sown. So the word of God is Jesus, but who is this man that's scattering the seed? Well, we don't have to guess on this one either. Jesus, Jesus tells us in Matthew, in Matthew 13, 37, he says, this is Jesus speaking, and he said, and he answered and said to them, he who sows good seed is the son of man. Who is the son of man? Jesus! So not only is Jesus the seed, He's the sower of the seed. And it's of good seed. So if there is good seed, there's also what? Bad seed. Remember the, the uh, parable, and we'll probably touch on this later, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Someone sowed tares into the field. So there's also bad seed along with the good seed. But Jesus only sows good seed. And I would say that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were ones that were sowing bad seed. Right? And today we still have religious Pharisees and Sadducees, and they still sow bad seed. So how can you know what's good seed and what's bad seed? What, does the seed, what is the seed? If I want, if I want corn... 
right? Would I go and get watermelon seeds? No. If I want Jesus, which is the foundation of the kingdom of God, which is our righteousness, which is everything for the Christian life, would I go to works and law and religion and all that garbage? No. So if the teaching points to Jesus, it's good seed. But if the teaching points to you, it's bad seed. Pretty, pretty simple, isn't it? So up until Jesus came, there was no kingdom of heaven among mankind. Right? Jesus brought the kingdom. He brought the kingdom. And this kingdom is within all true born-again believers. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. When you become born again, the literally, we talked about this last week in the baptism, and I can't teach this all over again, and I'm going to say something that if you weren't here, might cause your head to go tilt. But the Bible literally says in Colossians that we, that the whole Godhead lived in bodily form in Christ Jesus. And that we were baptized into Christ. And that we have the entire body, the, the entire Trinity living within us. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's, that's, that's why it takes faith. Right? So when you're born again, everything that God has, everything God is, comes within you. The fruit of the Spirit, it's all in there. We don't have to work hard to get the fruit of the Spirit because you already got it. You already have it in Christ Jesus. The, 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 the life of a Christian is one of rest, one of rest in appropriating, believing by faith, and acting accordingly to what Christ has done for us. i got to speed it up, I think. <clears throat> so in case you think that when I say that the whole kingdom of God is living within you, you think, well, I'm just making that up. Just to prove it, we'll turn to Luke where Jesus said it. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within every single born-again believer. That is, it's awesome. But do we believe it? The hidden power of a seed only works when mixed. You know, um, Ben knew that I was going to be teaching on this, and he brought me a jar of, of wheat seeds here. And these are actually a couple years old, he said. Do you know that the, this, this seed is no good just sitting in this jar? It doesn't produce a thing in this jar. And even though these are a year or two years old, they still have power in them. If I was to take this wheat, put it in the ground, mix it with soil, earth, water, it would die and a power would be released, and it would come up something completely different than the way the seed looks. And when it came up, it would be raised up, born up, and produce fruit. And produce fruit. See, the kingdom of God is just like seed. 
Having this Bible sit here or on your coffee table or wherever it is, all covered with dust, does not do any good. It doesn't do any good until it's mixed, until it's sown in you, until that power is able to be released. Hebrews 4.2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as them, but the word which they heard, what's the word? Seed, right? The word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So the word is Jesus, right? The sower is Jesus, right? And it has to be mixed with faith. So we got to find out how do we get faith? We want to, we want to produce we want the kingdom of God to be manifest in our life, right? We want the promises of God to be manifest in our life. We want the inheritance, we want the blessing of God to be manifest in our life. We we don't want depression anymore, right? We don't want ruined marriages and bad relationships anymore, right? We don't want to be addicted to to sin anymore, right? We, 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 we want to be prosperous. We want to be healthy. We want to be strong. We want to be victorious, correct? So how do we get that power of the kingdom to be released in our life? By mixing it with faith. We have to sow it into our hearts, mix it with faith. But how does faith come? You should know this. Romans ten seventeen. This is the American Standard um, Version of the Bible. And I use this because it translates this scripture correctly. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. The King James Version translates this scripture. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But when you go look at the original Greek, it's literally the word for Christ. So it goes back to what we said from the beginning, that the only the only word, the only seed that produces faith is word about Jesus, is teaching about Jesus. It's the gospel that brings faith, right? The, the law is not a faith, the Bible says. Jesus, when you hear Jesus, faith comes. When you heard, heard about Jesus died for your sins, and you, didn't, you might not even known about the Bible. All you heard was that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that he is the only means of salvation. And if you trust in him, you will have eternal life and he'll send his spirit and he'll come live inside you. And that's all you heard and something was in you. Your heart started beating you thinking, I need this. I need this. I don't understand it all, but for some reason, something is pulling me. And some people deny it. The seed that falls on the wayside, turn out the door and walk out the way that they came in. But others mix that faith that is, is being built up into them with the word of God. And there's an explosion that happens on the inside. And the word of God reproduces a son and daughter of God. And you are one with God. That's how the kingdom works. This is how the kingdom works. The word is not magical. See, I'm, uh, the, there's, there's labels that get thrown out all over. One label is word of faith. Word of faith. And I, and I would say that I'm, kind, I'm part word of faith. I'm part grace. But the word of faith, they really taught on confession. 
You know, where you take a, a verse of the Bible, that's a promise, and you just say it enough until God finally gets tired of hearing you, and you get, you get the results. Right? <laughs> See, the, the, the Word of God is living and powerful, but it's not a magical formula. See, we don't realize how almost new agey um, witchcrafty that is. See, we, we look at uh, like witchcraft where they have a potion or a uh, chant or something they say trying to get a result. And then we turn around and do the same thing with the Word of God. If I just say the right words, if I can just say the right words and say it the right way at the right time, then I'll get the results. Then, poof, it happens just like magic. No. You've got to remember, it has nothing to do with you. God has already did it. This isn't a promise to get God to move. God has already moved in Christ Jesus. You appropriate what he's done by faith. You just live by faith. The promise has already been received by us. You're not trying to get it. The whole kingdom lives within you. You just need it to be birthed. It's already in you. You already got it. It's not trying to get God to move. I, I shared this, this morning with a brother. I said, if I gave you my car key, and you came up to me and said, Chad, can, please, please give me the keys to your car. I really need to use your car. Can I please have the keys to your car? And I already gave them to you. I would sit there and think, man, I don't know if I want this guy driving my car or not. He's weird. This is, this is, this, why, are we, why are you asking for the key? I already gave it to you. And that's what God thinks when we pray. We're asking him for things that he's already given us. He's already given us. And he's up there scratching his head and goes, man, they're not too smart. It's already been given in Christ Jesus. And, there, and as we grow, as we mature in Christ, we're held more and more responsible for this gift of everlasting life, eternal life that's been given to us. And God wants us to grow up in him. He wants to take us back to the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve had authority and dominion over the whole earth. That was his original plan. For you and God to work in corresponding and causing this whole earth to be fruitful in an Eden, which means paradise. So the, 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 the word of God is living and powerful just like seed. It's living and has power to produce. Do you, do you know that in that seed, in an acorn, in an acorn, the entire oak tree exists. That oak tree is, doesn't need anything that's not already in that acorn. Do you know that everything that you need, God has already given you in your born-again spirit? Ephesians says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think according to the power 
that lives in you. Hmm. So just like seed, it has to be planted in your heart. It has to germinate before it can release its power. God's word is powerless until it's planted in your heart. And like I said, that seed is powerless in that jar. Until you plant that seed, there's no harvest. There is no growth. Nothing happens. And that's the same thing it is with the word of God. And I'm telling you, just coming to church on Sunday and hearing an hour message... Well, I'm trying to get it down less than an hour. But try, try. hearing me preach on Sunday is not enough. It's not enough. We are to devour the Word of God. This is how the kingdom operates. We should be so excited to jump into the Word of God, to find out everything that's our inheritance in Christ Jesus. You know, I went to a conference um, my family went to a conference a um, couple weeks ago, a month ago, and and I and we li- we literally were in church for seven hours a day. And this is where people are going to get offended. There's some of you here that you think that is nuts. You think I don't. Who would want to do that? That does not sound like fun to me. Well, it's because you're not used to sowing the word. We loved it. It was amazing. When I, when I got born again, well, I got born again when I was young, came back to the Lord in, 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 my, in around 21. So in the, in the last 19 years, I have devoured the word of God every single day. Every single day. Hours in my car. I don't listen to the radio. I hardly listen. God has kind of spoke to me and says that I need to get some, some worship once in a while. But I'm listening to the word all the time. All the time I'm sowing the word into me. And you're thinking, well, how did you come up with this message? How long did it take you to, to plan for this message? Did it take, does it take you a week, Chad? I know you got two jobs. How do you do this? How long does it take to prepare a message? 19 years. 19 years. And, and over those 19 years, is, is there times when I've planted bad seed? Yeah. So I had to root that up, retill the garden, and plant good seed. There was a time in my life when I thought that, that my salvation was won by Jesus, but if I want to stay saved, it was up, up to me. It was up to my prayer life. It was up to me spending time in the Word. I don't spend the time in the Word to get saved or stay saved. I, stay in, I spend time in the Word of God because I am saved. Seed only works when it's planted. And if you're wondering why the king, you hear stories, you hear testimonies, and you think, oh, those guys are special. Or God just loves them more than me. Or this or that. Or, or why doesn't nothing ever work for me? I've been a Christian for 40 years. And I'm still struggling. I don't have a close intimate relationship with God like these other people do. Go back and start planning the word. The kingdom of God works as if a man went and scattered seed. There is no way that you can 
keep from having your life changed if you were constantly put God's word into your life. Meditate on it and let it have an impact on you. Do you realize that? If you want your life to change this morning, if you're, if you're not satisfied with your life, if you think that God has promised so much more and I'm not experiencing it, go back and plant it in your life, the word of God in your life. The kingdom of God works like seed. It's so simple. If you want a different life, it's so simple. You plant the word of God in your life, and that's all you got to do. The word produces the change in you. The word produces the change in your life. Do you understand that? The farmer cannot make that corn grow. He just has to plant the seed. And tell you the truth, we'll talk about this and come a couple of messages. It's, and it's not him adding more things to it. The soil with the least amount of stuff in it produced the crop. Right? But we like to add to the word. We want to add, well, Lord, I'm going to confess every single day until you do something. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to do this. You know, prayer is good. But if you're praying for something God's already done, you're wasting your time. Confession is good, but you don't confess to God. You confess to your mountain. Say unto the mountain, be ye moved, and it will be cast in the sea. You don't talk to God about your problem. You talk to your problem about God. You cannot help but bear fruit if your life, fruit in your life if the word is in your heart. But you cannot reap what you have not sown. You cannot reap what you have not sown. See, I I might be getting ahead of myself, but you're reaping. Your life right now is the result of seeds that you have sown. You're reaping. What you sow today, what you put in your mind, what you put in your heart, what you're meditating on day in and day out, Fox News, CNN, NBC, talk radio, the doctor, the, the, the economy is going up, it's going down. You know what? It's Abraham sowed in, 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 in famine, and Isaac sowed in famine, and they had a hundredfold return. God's kingdom doesn't operate by the world systems. So what you have right you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to corruption, you're going to reap corruption. You sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, look at that. I am on, on track. In, in Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, this is the amplified version, so it kind of amplifies the Greek. It says, do not be deceived. So you can be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, for, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever, whatever, whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. You know, thank God that for his grace and love, because a lot of us have sown some very, very bad seeds in our life. But by His grace and His mercy, His, 
He can, he can turn that crop right around in a heartbeat. God does miracles. God does miracles, but we're not to live by miracles. God does miracles, but we don't live by miracles. See, that, the miracles are all is what everybody gets excited about. But the person that's sown seed in their life and is living by faith and, and, and just that they live a blessed life, not a, a miracle life. We don't, we don't, they don't get any, their, their example isn't raised up in the church. A person that sows to, to, to in their heart and, and they just have crop after crop and success after success. And even when hail comes and, and the storms come and the whole crop gets wiped out, they get back out there and they start, start they use the word and start planting again. That's how the kingdom works. The kingdom is supposed to be working through the word, not through miracles. But God does miracles. Don't, get, don't hear me wrong. Right? We've seen miracles. Some of you have received miracles. But that's not how the kingdom operates. The kingdom works by seed. You are always sowing into your heart. Whether the word of God and the truth of the kingdom or the flesh and the systems of this world, your life is a result of the seed you have sown. Look at what Galatians goes on to say. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time will we, we will reap if we... Do not grow weary. What is the good that we're not supposed to lose heart in? Not good deeds. Sowing good seed. Continue to sow the word in your life. Let it transform you. It will work. It will produce. You will reap if you do not grow weary. What many fail to realize, that there is a cycle. There's seed... Time and harvest. And sometimes it's seed, time, and harvest. That's why we're not to grow weary, both with good and bad seeds. Some of you think you're getting away with stuff. But the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And just because your harvest of death hasn't showed up yet from the bad seeds that you've sown doesn't mean it's not coming. God is not mocked. It's not God doing it to you. It's the seed. The seed produces after itself. God's not the one doing it to you. He set these spiritual laws into existence, and this is how it operates. In Mark chapter 4, verse 26, what time is it? 11.32. I'm doing all right. You guys, yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Jesus says, And he said, The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after the full Grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has 
come. What is our job? Just to plant the seed. Is that real hard? It's not hard. But if you're led by your flesh, it seems hard. You just plant the seed. It grows by itself. Sounds pretty easy. If I want to change life, all I got to do is plant the word of God in my heart. And in the word of God, which is the seed, which is Jesus, it, 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 it just starts growing up in, in me. And faith will increase, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you plant the word, it grows. Faith increase, you change. Was that proper English? I don't know. But, and it's steady, gradual growth, just like seed. Verse 28, for the earth yields crops by itself. The word of God, your heart is designed, just like the earth is, to to cause growth, spiritual growth, to happen. Just like the earth yields crops by itself, your heart is designed that when you put the word of God in your heart, it yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. Then the full grain in the head. Steady, gradual growth. You have the blade, you have the head, and then the full grain in the ear. This is a process. You're growing. It's grow- the word of God is being manifest and growing up within you. You cannot bypass these steps. The kingdom of God is like seed, Jesus said. It's not like government. He didn't say the kingdom of God is like human government. Why? Why did he say seed and not like human government? Because you can screw with human government. You can manipulate human government. You, you can study for a test, right? You can study for a test. You can cram for a test, and you can pass the test. But did you really learn the information? Did you really learn the information or not? You can cram for the test, but did you learn the information? You can pass the test, but did it get root within your heart and produce knowledge and understanding of God and the kingdom of God? Right? So the reason why God says that the kingdom of God is like seed because you cannot manipulate seed. You have to plant the seed. There's seed time. There's growth time. And there's harvest time. There's seed Time and harvest. You can't bypass those steps. You can't. That's why the kingdom of God is like seed and not like government or some other earthly system. It cannot be manipulated. What you sow is what you get. You know, man can make a seed. He can make a seed that looks just like that. But you know what? There's no life in it. They can't make it grow. They can't make it produce after itself. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. They can't can't make a seed produce after itself. What you sow, if you sow corn, you're going to get corn. You're not going to get coconuts. I don't know where that came from. What you sow is what you get, and it is a process. It's a process. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, on the same day. So, 
All of these parables were taught by Jesus, right? One of the longest teaching days recorded in the Gospels. And he goes on to say, on the same day, all of this teaching on how the kingdom of God works, the seed, the sower, who all that is, if you were listening, and Jesus, we're going to say this out. He's telling the seed is the Son of Man, which is Jesus, right? The seed is the Word of God, right? Jesus is the Word of God, made flesh. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. I just love that. Jesus, God the Father is just like Jesus. He's not some big angry guy in the sky. He's a God that came down and died for us. That's what our father's like. And on that same day that all this happened, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So you guys think I have long teachings. Evening had come when Jesus got done. He said, let's, let's cross over to the other side. It's time for application, boys. Right? He talked to, talked to him all day. Now it's time for application. So what happened? They went to cross the other side, right? And they were going across the other side. A great tempest came up on the Sea of Galilee, right? And the water was filling the boat. And where was Jesus? Sleeping. And these weren't some big cabin cruisers. Jesus either was forcing himself to sleep or he just was had that one eye open seeing what these guys were going to do. It was application time. Because if the boat, the boat was filling with water, Jesus was sleeping in water. And what did they do? They started screaming. And then they wake up, Jesus says, Don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care about us, Jesus? And what does Jesus say? Oh, sorry, boys, I didn't realize we were in such trouble. No. Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And when the wind ceased and there was a great calm, he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Fear happens. When you're not rooted and grounded in love. And what did they say? Don't you care? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus didn't say, it's all right, boys. I, couldn't, I, I, I expect you to be fearful. I expect you to be panicked. I expect you to be crying out for deliverance. No, he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? See, Jesus taught the disciples the word all day long. He sowed into them all day long. He said that the, the sower was the Son of Man who is Jesus. And, he, and the Son of Man, which is Jesus, and all the word is supposed to go back to who Jesus is, God, God said, let us go to the other side. See, it's all about having a revelation of who Jesus is. Remember the centurion? 
The centurion had a revelation of who Jesus is. Jesus, I don't need you to come and wave your hands over my servant. I don't need you to lay hands on him. You are a man of authority. Just I'm a man of authority. I say come, he comes. I say go, he goes. You just say the word. In other words, you, I believe that you are God. And whatever you says happens. And it says that Jesus marveled at his faith. He got it. He understood. And he says, go your way. Your servant is well. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is he God Almighty? The maker of heaven and earth? Is he the Lord of lords and kings of kings? Does he have all a power and authority? Who is Jesus to you? He says to him, How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? His disciples had no clue who Jesus was. And there's so many Christians today that have no clue who Jesus was and is in your life. What the Word of God is able to do when you take it by faith. They could have easily stood up and said, the Son of the living God, God himself said, we're going to the other side. Peace be still. If they could not do that, and if that's not what Jesus expected them to do, then why did he rebuke them for their lack of faith and fearing? And he expects no less from us. He paid too great of a price for us to sit on our hands and not use, not take the word of God and use it the way he used it. He says, I don't say anything unless I... I hear my father say it. I don't do anything unless the father's doing it. Are we supposed to live different than Jesus? The hmm. so recap. The kingdom of God is like seed. The seed is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. The word needs to be mixed with faith. Faith comes from hearing the word about Jesus. Whatever is sown will be reaped. There is seed, time, and harvest. The seed grows of itself. And we are to use the word given us to live life by faith. Jesus was the word of God. He was sown into humanity. He was, Jesus was sown into humanity. And unless a seed dies, there is no harvest, there's no growth. Jesus was put into the earth. He died, was put into the ground, and rose again to new life, resurrection life. He is that mustard seed. He is the seed that all faith comes from. If you, have, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, 
He is that seed that was sown in the ground, that mustard seed, that Jesus, at that time, it just seemed insignificant. He, he, he was a man that showed up on the seed, done great signs and wonders, and it seemed like he went out with a whimper. But that seed was sown, and it grew up into a tree, a tree that is greater than all the herb trees in the world. And we have received that seed in us. And we are now, he is the vine, we are the branches. And this act of Jesus, this seed that was sown was so powerful that even the birds of the air find shelter and security in the branches. And all my life, I thought to myself, you know, I always thought the birds of the air were Christians. But when you start looking at every time they talk about seed and they talk about birds, it was a negative thing. The birds come and snatch up the seed. We're not the birds of the air. We're one with him. We're the branches. We've been grafted in into, into, into him. What Jesus Christ did on the cross, his grace that even those that are outside the kingdom are being affected and blessed by what he has done. The reason why people don't preach grace and they think that grace is, is, is no big deal, that grace is no big deal, is because they've never lived without grace. That all judgment for sin was poured out on Jesus. And the way we live now... <laughs> is so different than what you read in the Old Testament, isn't it? The world has no clue what it's like not to live under grace, for not being held accountable for your sins. And even the birds of the air find refuge in the branches of God's amazing grace. 1 Peter chapter 1 Verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. You have been born again through the seed that lives Forever, the word of God that lives forever. You have been born again through Jesus Christ. It's incorruptible. You can't be corrupted. And you are now bone of his bone, the Bible says, flesh of his flesh. As he is, so are you in this world. And it's time that the church starts living in the kingdom. Amen? Hey, Sometimes I feel like I'm a little rough. But this, this, don't, this isn't condemnation. This is awaken. Awaken to how the kingdom operates and how simple it is. Just start sowing the word into your life. And God's grace, God's word is his grace. Just like the power, there's power in that seed to produce the harvest, there's power in the word of God. There's God's grace in that word to produce the harvest in your life. You just need to mix it with faith.
Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just love you. We love you. (laughs) Just because we've experienced your love, you loved us before we loved you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You are love, and all we have is what you've given, but we give it, Lord. This morning, we thank you for the revelation of the word, the revelation of the seed, the revelation of the kingdom. And I pray for a hundredfold return in the hearts of your saints and that they would have a revelation of Jesus and how planting the word of Jesus into their heart will change their lives. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're not mad at us. You're not even in a bad mood. And your desire is for each of your children to walk in the kingdom of God, to walk in, in, in the things of God, to receive their full inheritance that Jesus Christ bought and paid for. And if we haven't done it up to this point, or we've taken your word for granted, You're not mad. We just hear that still, small voice say, Come. Come and drink from wells that you did not dig and receive living water. And that living water will rise up within you to become a river that others can drink from. We love you, Lord. We worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.